All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm so good right now. Are you? Yes. Good, good, good. Um, I've been keeping you in the dark. Oh, yeah, you have. You won't tell me what this episode's about. Nope. I have not told <sighs> Ashley what this is about. Okay. Um, technically, it's part paranormal, part book review. Okay. Um, so, um... Uh, anything happened on the way to heaven oh god i know where we're going with this just you know where we're going with this <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i am a big fan of ghost stories and, and I'm a big fan of the man that she <laughs> she's a big fan of this man <laughs> we can handle some rhyme in there mm. anyway so uh Ashley and I, we have a huge, huge love of rock music. <clears throat> we do. Heavy metal. Mm-hmm. 80s jams. Mm-hmm. We also have a deep, deep affinity for geekiness. We tend to, you know, dabble a bit in comic books, and mm-hmm. I have a deep love for Doctor Who. You do? And so does this man right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the one and the only the lead singer of Slipknot and Stone Sour, Corey motherfucking <laughs> Taylor. Yes. And we've seen this guy live with both. With both. I've you seen him with Stone Sour. Slipknot. I yeah. did not see Slipknot. I stayed home. I was responsible for kids' first day of school. Mm. I could have gone, but you know, decisions had to be made. I'm not mad about it. I would have liked to have seen Slipknot and Volbeat, but that is another story for another day <laughs> all right so anyway so what so, in the world does Corey taylor have to do with paranormal well mr Corey taylor has had experiences with the paranormal and ghosts since he was nine years old really Did you know that? i think that i had seen a youtube video of him doing something with ghosts but i didn't realize like i don't know much about it is the an ongoing that it is an ongoing thing with him Okay. Um, so so let's hear it. what got me down this rabbit hole? I love it. Is that I, I've expressed my love for Coast to Coast AM. Yes, you have. And I, a lot of times, I will find myself listening to old vault episodes of Art Bell or classic shows from past years from Coast to Coast AM, and you know, kind of getting a little bit of inspiration for some topics to see if there's anything that strikes me that interests mm-hmm. me that I might want to dig into a little bit further myself right and especially since they do have a lot of guests on there who are considered experts in these topics so i was scrolling through it just you know looking for a little bit of inspiration looking something to listen to and i came across an episode of a rock star's paranormal experience and dave schrader and you already was clicked a guest it so host. fast. I clicked it so fast. <laughs> Dave Schrader was a guest host in 2013 for this episode where he interviewed Corey Taylor for the first two hours of the show. Um, it was right around the time that this book, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven, or How I Made Peace with the Paranormal and Stigmatized Zealots and Cynics in the Process, he was promoting his book. And so I started listening to it, and I was like, holy shit. And, I mean, he kind of talked about some of the experiences that I'm going to discuss in the book. Okay. That, and read some excerpts from the book for him. And then give you my thoughts on the book and how I feel about it. And okay. I'm also going to share this one funny, funny part <clears throat> that you're going to love. Oh, I can't wait. And I will dedicate that part to you and Denny. <laughs> love y'all. Mean it. Anyway. Okay. But I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Anyway, so, so I'm listening to this. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to know more. Right. Is there are, are there any YouTube videos about him talking about this? Has he been interviewed about this in the past? I, I I need more. Right. By this time, I'd already clicked buy on Amazon. I'd bought the book. I was just <laughs> waiting for it. And at that time, I texted you like, "You're gonna love this." And I, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I hate it when she does that too. I'm like, God, just tell me what it is. <laughs> nope. Nope. I kept my mouth shut. And you do that quite a bit. I do quite a bit, and it's hilarious because I love (laughs) pissing her off. (laughs) Love you, Mina. Anyway, besides the point. So then I came across on YouTube where 
he and um, Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Nation had done a GalaxyCon Zoom call. Because, you know, we can't go to any kind of conventions right now or anything. There's no GalaxyCon. There's no Comic-Con, really. Right. It's all virtual. Well, these two girls had interviewed them. And they talked about the book, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they talked about their paranormal experiences. And Corey Taylor mentioned he didn't really kind of go into depth about any of the stories in the book um but he said yeah you know i'm a real big believer in the paranormal i've had experiences pretty much all my life he um talked about some experiences that he had in a couple of the houses he's owned which again he does talk about in the book um of course this book takes place all back in 2013 so he's may have had more experiences he's talked about where he's gone on ghost hunting adventures of his own he talked about um possibly trying to get together with steve gonzalez and them doing an investigation of the Velisca axe murder house which dude right record that shit put it on tv let me watch it um but you know just watching this i realized just how much of a geek Corey taylor is can i just say and I want to pick this dude's brain. Just, like, give me an hour just to have a conversation with this man because I the things know. we could talk about from the paranormal to Doctor Who to comic books, holy shit, I think it would just be an amazing conversation. Can I, can I just say, just when I thought I could not love Corey Taylor anymore, anymore, here we go. You're going to be his third wife. Here we go. Or his fourth wife. We don't know yet. <laughs> he doesn't know yet. Anyway. <laughs> so. I'm sure his wife is like, no. Anyway, no, no. So but okay. <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about this book. So basically, it's really kind of a book review, and um, you know, when you think about people having paranormal experiences, you don't really. You think about normal everyday people in passing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just live our lives, and sometimes we happen to experience something we can't explain, and it may only happen once in our lives. It may be a common occurrence in our life, or maybe it happens so often that we just don't even pay attention to it anymore. We're just used to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a ghostly roommate. <clears throat> what are you going to do? Right. It ain't bothering you. You ain't bothering it. Let you it just be. live with it. Yeah. You know? And But we tend to not realize that some of these people that we look up to or that we idolize or that you know they are parts of some of our favorite movies or some of our favorite bands we don't think of them as normal people like us because yeah, they, they almost live, seem they others they almost seem otherworldly in yeah. their own right you know what i mean yeah. they, like they're in, in like untouchable exactly and so we don't typically think to that you know, hey, these celebrities, they have brushes with the paranormal, too. I've watched the show that used to be on A&E, Celebrity Ghost Story. Mm-hmm. And, of course, celebrities would share their stories of brushes with the paranormal. Um, Neil from Motley Crue had paranormal experience with his daughter that passed. Yeah, did he? He did. Um, his young daughter, when she passed from cancer, he... Uh, had experiences of seeing her visit her spirit coming back to visit him oh um that's another story that maybe i'll get into can i just point out before we move on from vince neal reading the dirt because i read that years ago oh yeah way before the netflix movie um and that part of that story like i was crying when i was well you know if you also look at um nikki six's heroin diaries he basically said when he od'd and died he basically had an out-of-body experience he had a near-death yeah he saw himself yeah yeah so i mean it's like these rock stars that you know in some way shape or form have influenced our lives our tastes of music you know we stop we don't think about them experiencing some of the things that a normal person like us tend to think that we experience we don't typically think that they themselves could believe in ghosts or unexplainable things or spirits or just aliens or anything like that we just don't Mm -hmm. typically think of that in our mindset so that's what interests me with reading this book so of course picked it up on amazon i 
basically devoured this within like a couple of days. <laughs> it did not take me long at all. Like as soon as I got it, I was like halfway done. Mm-hmm. I just could not put it down. Um, now what gets me is that with Corey Taylor, mm-hmm. a lot of his belief in the paranormal is not faith-based at all. Yeah, because he doesn't really follow a religion. No, he's atheistic. He? Okay. Um, and typically, you know, this is not a subject you and I typically touch no, on. We it's, don't. We don't touch on religion. It's too touchy. And we kind of like to <clears throat> keep a neutral stance on that because mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about politics. We're not here to talk about religion. Right. We're just here to talk about the creepy shit. Right. And we may mention it in situations like this when it fits the when it fits what we're the talking situation. about. But we're never going to talk about what our anyway, personal yeah, beliefs and stuff are. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, anyway, so when you get into the book... And you start reading it. He tells you that, yeah, he's had experiences. And that as he comes at it from a scientific point of view, he's like, this is real. This has happened to me. This has continued to happen to me. So I know these spirits exist. Mm -hmm. How they exist, I don't know for sure. He's like, but I have theories. I have ideas. And he lays them out, and there's plenty of use of the word fuck in this book. I need to read this book. You're going to read this book. I need to read this book. Anyway. Okay. So, he, in the very first, well, second chapter of, the very first chapter of the book is called Cold House. And in the first chapter, he talks about the very first paranormal experience he ever had. And this was at nine, correct? This was at nine. Okay. And he was living um, in... An apartment complex out well in Des Moines, Iowa, because of course, Iowa is one of their Slipknot's biggest albums. So this was the that's summer. Where they're all from. This is the summer of 1983 uh, in the south side of Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, he and his friends would go through the woods. Um, there was a patch of woods on their way to school, and they would go through it and he normal yeah take a shortcut get to school you know you're walking through the woods and he said that there would be like trip wires across the path or like things that trip up on and like the wires tend to move so it's like somebody was out there putting whether they were trying to just keep kids from going to this old dilapidated house or trying to catch animals or whatever but you know he said that they would you know that they would move Mm -hmm. but you know when they get into it it's just like you know normal everyday woods he's like but the further you would go into these woods you kind of got that ominous kind of creepy feeling to it and so every day they would pass this old dilapidated house right there in the middle of the forest it was a two-story home just gutted decrepit falling apart it it looked like something he describes it as looking out of something from a brother's grim fairy tale really just super creepy creepy looking trees all around it it's just it would terrify any kid you know this is the quintessential haunted house you know and so they decided well he decided that um they were gonna go in this house and they were gonna go explore it in the middle of night it was six of them him and Three of his best friends and two others. Mm-hmm. And they were going to go sneak out at night and they were going to go to this house. So I'm going to, you know, quote from the book at some point. Just give me a second. Anyway, but he goes on to say that the plan was that they were going to meet behind a shed near where they live, like 12 o'clock midnight. What's more quintessential going ghost hunting than 12 o'clock at night? That's when right. the spooky shit happens. Right. So they decide they're going to go. They walk down the street to get to the woods and then they go They go in the woods. Now, they'd all gotten brand new flashlights, brand new batteries. They're joking around. They're acting like they're Luke Skywalker with lightsabers and everything. Because, you know, 80s. Mm-hmm. Kids could wander around at midnight. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... They're happy. They're going along and everything. Well, then they get to the house. He goes to describe that looking at it, it just was even more terrifying at night than it was during the day. He said it just had the appearance of like just 
evil. So are we talking like Amityville Horror House? No, type no. Thing? He actually he quotes says years later watching the end of Blair Witch Project, I experienced a horrendous and violent flashback. I felt petrified to look because it took me directly back to that night, and it was like someone had been with us filming. So imagine that creepy ass house at the end of Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now you got the kind of mental picture yeah, of what you. he's describing. Gotcha. Anyway, he said, you know, all the windows were gone. There was graffiti all over the house. Of course, he talks about the black walnuts because you know they smell like pine saw, mm-hmm. and where teenagers had thrown them like through the windows and broken the windows. Long gone. He's like the trees just looked like. They were pointing at us, telling us to either go or stay away or just pointing like you shouldn't be here. (sighs) Anyway, he says that the front door hung on one hinge at an awful angle and the steps up onto the front porch looked so weak that even Indiana Jones would have found another way inside. We all stood there kind of frozen in excitement and fear. Were we really going to fucking do this? It seemed like I was the only one ready and willing to make this happen. With a fire I still cannot describe or explain from whence it came, I left the path and took four steps towards the house, the closest I had ever come to going inside in my life. My legs were rubber and my heart was threatening to escape from my chest, but I moved even closer. The sound of feet sliding through the tall grass let me know my comrades were following, although not too closely. He moved up cautiously onto the porch steps, and he felt like each one was just ready to give way. But that once he got up on the porch, oh God. it held his weight a little bit better, and he felt a little bit better. So he reached out and moved the door, and then one by one, they all crossed the threshold. And he says, at that point, all their flashlights went dead. Brand new flashlights, brand new batteries. At this point, he doesn't know that spirits... Art said to drain the energy from batteries, you know, like if you're there with your phone, your flashlight, cameras, they drain the energy in order to manifest. Right. Okay. Right. So, and they were trying to shake the flashlights and try to get them turned back on. But nothing. Then again, nothing. They just couldn't explain it. So now, here we go. Mm. I'm going to quote this. All right. Quote it, baby. Quote it. By the time my eyes had adjusted a bit, I was vaguely able to make out blobs and shapes in the dark like walls, a broken chair, and the stairs leading up to the floor above us. And it was there on those stairs that a hint of light was reflecting primitively for all to see. We shut up immediately. I took a step towards the staircase, but there was a hand on my arm. It was my friend. He whispered something like, don't be stupid, where are you going? But I kind of shuffled out of his grip, and with a deep breath, I placed one foot on the bottom step. Before I took another step, the glow had gotten brighter, so I turned my eyes to the top of the stairs. That's when I saw the shape. I assumed it was a man. It was definitely man-looking. It was the craziest thing we had ever seen. Here was the silhouette of a giant man, backlit so you could not see his face, but apparently casting the very light that it was silhouetted against. It was like a blue-white nightmare. I remember its hands clenching and unclenching. I remember it heaving like it was gasping for air. Mm. I remember the hands of my friends pulling on my clothing, trying to get me to join their escape. I remember the sight of what looked like blood on the walls. But the last thing I saw before I screamed was that thing, seemingly without moving a muscle, coming toward us. We almost killed each other running out of cold house. The front door, now a hindrance, was finally torn from its last hinge by running children. I was the last one out. Of course he was. As I took the porch steps, my left leg plunged through old wood, tearing into my shin. I looked behind me, and that thing was framed in the doorway, menacing, unnatural. I could feel its light on my face, understand? I was utterly shell-shocked, and I could not move. For some reason, I knew it wanted me. This had been my plan, my idea, and this thing knew it, and it was going to punish me. I closed my eyes. Then my friend was pulling me from the steps. He dragged me behind him, and I limped to keep up. We did not stop until we saw the lights of the street lamps shedding illumination and a bit of safety on our tiny bodies as we collapsed with the others next to the entrance of the woods. Nobody spoke. Someone was crying. After that, they made their way back to the apartments. And one by one, they split off, and the two friends that were staying with him, they all snuck back inside, Uh tried to go to sleep. And, of course, they talked about it the next morning. The three of them, that they just refused to pretend that it didn't happen. And so, again, they decided to go back. The other friends that were with them never spoke to them again. Never talked about it. Just 
they just never did. And so he goes on to say that they went back to the house the next day during the day. Oh, God. So, Return to the scene of the crime. Yeah. His other <laughs> two friends ran inside, but he stopped a second to look at where his leg had gone through the steps. Uh-huh. And so his mind went back to that moment where he was face-to-face with that thing, and he just stared at the hole for a while. And by then, he entered the house, and then his other friends were upstairs, And, again, they didn't even notice that they had torn the door off on their way out the night before. So, he didn't even pay mind to that the door was now missing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he goes on to say that his friend shouted for him to come upstairs. He saw there was nothing on the walls, no blood, but nothing would have reminded him of the blood in that ghostly light either. It was just gone. So, what do you think that black figure was? I don't know. But it gets better. I'm quoting again. As I came up the stairs, careful not to fall through anything else... I saw they were going on and on about and could not believe it. The front door, which we had all smashed into in our haste to escape the night before, eventually pulling it from the door frame, was lying on the floor in an upstairs room. They recognized Wait, it. What? Yeah. They recognized it from walking past it every day on their way to school. We recognized it from the split second we had seen it illuminated in the light of our torches before they had gone dead. It was the front door, and it was lying inexplicably in the middle of a room many feet away from where we had left it. However, we were not so interested in how it had gotten up the stairs into this room or who had put it there in the first place. No, our attention was focused squarely on the word that was scrawled on its visage, almost scrubbed into the filth and grime that had built up on the door over the years. Go. What? We ran like hell. Of course they did. So... Do you think that it could have been somebody playing a trick on them? Possible. However, who would know that this group of kids is going to come out there? What gets me is that the illuminated figure. There was no light. There's no electricity. There's no street lamps in those woods to illuminate a figure like that. And to move like it did. Right. To me, that's just, that's very unexplainable. Could it be explained? Yes. Yeah. Overactive imagination of a nine-year-old child. Right. But then again, you had six of them all experience the same thing, several of which will not speak about it. Yeah. But again, could it be chalked up to childish imagination? Yes, it can. But do I think it was? No, I don't. So did they ever go back to the house after that? No. He never went back after that. I don't blame them. I don't think that I would have either. If you get a message like that, you need to fucking listen. Yeah. To... And, you know, he goes on to say that, you know, this is one of the things that solidified it for him. The Mm -hmm. very first thing. He says, goes on to say, as you'll find in this book, the running theory is a case of knowing versus believing. And to me, that strikes so much with me. Mm -hmm. Because I don't just believe these things are real. I know they're real. Because I have experienced these things. Together. So to me. In some cases. he's, He's right. It is a case of knowing versus believing. It's one thing to believe in these things and of never having experienced it. Right. It's one thing to believe in aliens and you've never experienced being abducted or you've never experienced seeing, seeing a UFO. UFO. Yeah. Or you believe in ghosts and you believe <clears throat> a spirit in spirits, but you've never seen one. You've never had something move in front of your eyes that should not have moved. Right. You know, you've never heard your name said in your ear when you were the only person there right you know or you've never seen a creature you can't explain but you saw it with your own two eyes it had shape it had substance it was there right so it's one thing to believe in these things and never have seen them but seeing them with your own eyes having that experience and knowing deep within your soul that this is a real thing this, no matter level. what it is that caused is it, knowing that it is there, it is real, and to you it is real, Yeah, that is a whole other thing. Right, So yeah, Absolutely. it's one thing to believe in something, but knowing it's real. Right, or even having people come up and telling you their experiences. Unless you've experienced something yourself, it's really hard to chalk it up and you can just say, oh, they're just trying to scare me. Yeah. Oh, they're just bullshit and they're just telling a story. It's one thing to be a skeptic, but right. it's one, but it's a completely other thing to be so closed-minded 
right. to a point where you, you just don't believe in anything being possible. Because what if science were to come out and say, for a fact, yes, you ghosts are real. This is what causes a ghost. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. Would you would you then believe? Right. Or would you still be, no, you're full of shit. Right. You know? So it's like, it, it's one thing to believe or not believe. But still have that open mind of possibility. Yeah. Because you have to be able, if science were to come out and give you irrefutable proof, irrefutable evidence that whatever thing is real, Mm -hmm. this happened, this is true, this is concrete, would you then be able to change your mindset and say, okay, I was wrong? Right. Or would you still say, oh, no, y'all are just full of shit. Right. This ain't real. This, y'all, it's a conspiracy it's a deep fake it's whatever you have to in order to not step out of your comfort zone right i guess in a way so not saying but it's like to me that that really really struck with me and i saw it a lot in reading this book um now i'm gonna skip over the whole how he talks about his belief in whether his beliefs in god his beliefs in the religion and everything because you know read the book for yourself right Read the book for yourself. However, you know, he brought some good points up still. But uh, still, you know, it helped support what he was saying and how he looked at it. Right. So, you know, I'm trying to go on. But one thing is that he'll go on to say that it may be strange and it may scare the fucking shit out of you, but you will wonder. You will wonder. And to me, to end a chapter on that. I like it. And honestly, is that not how anybody that's experienced a paranormal event like that? It does will leave say? you wondering. It right. does. Because then you're like, Am I crazy? Right. Did I really just Did I see really that? just see that? Did that really just happen? Right. And you find yourself kind of second guessing, like, okay, I'm tired. Okay, um, I I'm sick, you know. The lighting was off. The lighting or was something, off. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't know what it is. A thousand and one, you know, reasonings, right? Exactly. Um, so it's just one of those things. It's like, I'm trying, I'm flipping through because I'm going to tell you about the next experience he had. Because okay. then he had this one as a teenager. Um, he and some friends went out, you know, like kids do. Drinking and driving and hanging out in fields and things like that. Being a young adult. Yeah, being a young adult, you know, what we've all done at one point or time in our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, who hasn't? When when have you not done stupid shit with your friends when you were a teenager? I mean, come on. <laughs> when it's like we had nothing better to do than go we've work done and drive around. Shit and it hasn't been that long ago. What we've are you done talking stupid about? Stupid shit as adults. <laughs> Can I just say? We have done <laughs> stupid shit as adults. And I mean, but hey. Absolutely. I keep my stupid shit to a minimum now. I'm a parent. We do. We have we have calmed down in our older age. And you're, you're my old age. Okay. I'm the one about to turn 33 here. Okay. I'm older than you. Shut up. <laughs> Not by far. I have gray hair. Ha. Redheads really don't get gray hair. We're coming to that. <laughs> just throwing that out there we are coming to that anyway uh, we so silver pulling on that so him and his buddies they go out and they're riding of course they're drinking and they're out in a cornfield and mm-hmm. he talks about where he happened to look and he saw this shadow figure mm-hmm. and he wasn't the only one that saw it everybody else saw it too they thought it was somebody out there fucking with them because that's everybody's yeah. first reaction with someone that is, why are you fucking with me? Just leave but me alone. But then this thing started running through the corn at them really fast. Okay, and it so was they tall were and lanky. They were all hanging out in truck beds and everything. So they were they were chilling in a cornfield. They were just chilling in a cornfield. It's Iowa. Okay? There's and nothing then all but of a sudden, something is running through a cornfield. At them. And they're freaking of the, the fuck corn? out. What? So they're jumping into truck beds. They're jumping into vehicles. They're getting the hell out of there. And he said mm-hmm. that he jumped into the back of a truck bed. And <laughs> his luck, it was the very last one. And this thing chased them down the road. And it was keeping up with the vehicles. 
So until, at that point, he's like, he knows nobody's fucking with them because there's yeah, no way a human there's no can way that keep human can keep up with the vehicle. with the vehicle. Right, and it was keeping up with them until they got to town, and then it just disappeared. And you're going to read that in this book. Oh. And again, you can probably chalk God. it up to, you know, teenage imagination, got kids just fucking around. Mm-hmm. And you could also chalk it up to the they alcohol. were drinking, you know? <laughs> so you can talk it up to that too. But the fact is that they, you can't discount it though, because again, he remembers it. Just, he says, clear as day. I, I can sit here and tell you what I can still taste the whiskey. I can still I wonder if that's where the Iowa nine taste come from. Maybe. Who knows? Mm, but because that's good stuff if you have not tried it. Just I have not tried it, but I'm not a whiskey drinker, so by the way, that's some good stuff right there. I, I prefer being basic white girl because white claw is cheap. Anyway <laughs> So is wine. Anyway, but so again who hasn't seen a shadow person? And yeah. to see something running at you out of the corn in the middle of the night. In a fucking corn In a fucking cornfield. God. Dude. No. God. No. God. And again, I'm paraphrasing that. So that was not something I quoted directly from the book. I got the book in my lap. Um, but when I tell you that this book just sucked me in. I bet. Anyway, that wasn't his last experience. The mansion that they feel that they actually... Um, Recorded volume three, the subliminal verses in. Okay, so that was Haunted. like what? Oh four. Oh three. Oh four. Oh four. This is around the time where he starts getting his shit together, starts getting his life together. Because yeah, before that, he was who, buddy? <sighs> who, buddy? Is all I can say is like I, I've done some crazy shit. I've, I've experienced some crazy we things, been but I've never level. been, I've never been Corey Taylor level, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. Perfectly. Let's just say drugs okay with that. are bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> he, his first paranormal experience in this mansion, um, he says it was based off a dare, really. They went into a basement. These, these huge ass mansion, they were running around in it, exploring. And the guys in the band dare him to go into this vault like room in the basement, and then they shut the door behind him. And, and they locked him in. And they locked him in. Damn it. And so <laughs> he said he was just like chilling in there for a second. Then he felt like something just completely walk through him. Walk through him? Walk through him. And he couldn't see it, but he felt it. Mm. And he screamed and bolted out of there. Okay. And would not tell anybody. Um, so that was just the beginning. And he wasn't the only one in the band to have experiences. Clown and yeah. him shared a room. Okay. On a on a hallway of this mansion. Okay. And you know, on the evening that this next story happened, Clown wasn't there. He was back visiting family in Iowa. Okay. And so he was taking a shower and he had the door open and the way the rooms were set up was that you had his room and the bathroom and then you had clown's room and clown's room he kept it locked when he wasn't there and clown's had a- clown's room was the one that had access to the balcony of the room so it was like it used to be one big room but it was kind of made into two right and so the door to their rooms was there at the bathroom and you could see and he had the bathroom the bedroom door shut and locked mm-hmm. and he said he was showering and then he looked out the bathroom door and he saw a man in a tuxedo walk by the bathroom door stop look at him and then walk through the bedroom door and he freaked the fuck out obviously obviously freaked the fuck out because he was like i jumped out of the shower and so quick so quick and he's like soap so it's probably still on him yeah at this point you know to quote <laughs> he said a man in a tuxedo walked past the open door staring right at me i froze for half a second then vaulted out of the shower racing into the bedroom naked with way too much conditioner on my head see told you he still had to suck <laughs> it was literally no longer than a second but there was nobody there i was alone in the room all the skin on the back of my neck turned into white hackles I searched the room for unlocked doors or windows, but the place was tight as a drum. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that from that angle, Tuxedo Man would have had to walk through the door of our bedroom, not open it and come in, but through it. After about a minute, it suddenly dawned on me that I was soaking wet and without apparel freezing my ass off. 
so I calmly yet cautiously made my way back into the bathroom to finish my shower. The thing is, though, I did not get a sinister vibe off the thing. Tuxedo Man was just walking through my world, or I was just taking a shower in his and probably did not even care that I was there. And so, he goes on to say... Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. What ghosts think about us? Yeah, I've thought about that. Like, do they consciously think... If it's an intelligent haunting, well, yeah, I figure they're interacting. But if it's like a residual energy, mm-hmm. are we just kind of... Are, are realities overlapping? Right. In a way? Right. And so, for a split second, maybe we're the ghost to them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, in a way, it's like, okay, there's... He even talks about that. Is it our realities overlapping? Um, it, it you got to read this. I'm telling, please read this. It's eight bucks on Amazon. Do it. Do yourself a favor. It's great. I love it. If nothing else, it's entertaining. Anything Corey Taylor does is amazing. Anyway, he says he'd said that clown told him one that fucks with him to this day. Apparently, he'd gotten up one night to <clears throat> use the bathroom as he was walking by Corey's bed. He swore there was someone in the bed with me, squirming and moving around. When he switched the light on in the bathroom, he looked back and I was the only one there. So, Clown had an experience. So, is he pulling like a Kesha and saying that somebody was trying to sleep with No, because even in the book, Corey Taylor says he believes that that's full of shit. But hey, whatever gets her rocks off. That's what he says. Just, you know. Anyway. Because, I mean, that kind of squirming in the bed was was you know like that's what i'm getting at is, yeah. is was the spirit trying yeah. to i don't know but that's just that was what clown had told him that's anyway weird. he goes okay. on to say that more and more belongings were being flung about and then there was screaming from the attic the attic was exquisitely horrifying emanating the sounds of a loud violent murder for a full night people started having serious talks about leaving or at least swapping rooms um shit would fly off their dressers no matter how many times they were picked up one afternoon, they were at an old music shop, and they were looking for acoustic guitars, but all they found were black and white photos of Robert F. Kennedy. And so they bought all of them and put them all over the place. And Because um, who doesn't love the Kennedys? Yeah, but apparently these ghosts were not fans, so they kept knocking these pictures off everything. Walls, tables, whatever these pictures were on, they were just getting knocked off of. What if it was um, Marilyn Monroe? And who like- knows? Who <laughs> knows? Um... He also says that, so when they moved into the mansion, that there was nothing really in there. They all rented furniture for their stay. Mm-hmm. And so they got clocks for their rooms that came with the rooms, two digital clocks. Right. Clown hate, apparently hates clocks. Anyway, but his was on the top of Corey's dresser. And then Corey's was on his end table. But they never bothered to set either of them, seeing as they use their cell phones right anyway so the clocks were wrong the entire time they were there they never thought about setting the alarms on or anything so you can imagine his uh irritability when one night at three thirty in the morning both of the alarms went off at the same time even though they were not synced up of course it had to be during the witching hour right of course um there was the thermostat in Corey's room yeah he would set that thing on 70 degrees every morning because of course they're in los angeles it's hot as shit right and every day it would go back up to 85 degrees with nobody touching it. That's something that you hear regularly that spirits will do is mess with the temperature. Oh, yeah. And Cold spots. A, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. He even said that um, while they were recording, there would be sounds on loop on their recordings until they just shut everything off. It wouldn't stop until they just shut the mix board down. Everything. You um, know what would have been cool? If they had made actually put that on the song i think he said that you can actually yeah. hear it on one of the songs on there we'll have to i have to look it's like that. i want to listen to that album now to see oh, I, I have it on my phone point it out. so do i <laughs> but um anyway but he also said that you know on the one thing that really really stuck with him he's never been back to that mansion since i would not obviously either but um he said uh that his last night that he was there you know, he was the last one left in the house. Everybody else had gone back to Iowa, back to their families. Yeah, back the next to their project, normal life. You know, yeah. Back to their normal life. He had packed up all his stuff, and so he had laid down to go to sleep. He had the plan. Um, he woke up, and he saw a figure standing at the end of his bed. At his house? At, at this mansion. Oh, at the mansion. At okay. the mansion. Okay. Um, 
He says, I'm quite sure it was between 2 and 3 in the morning because the moonlight, which only shone in the window during those hours, was really bright for some reason. Then again, maybe this thing was creating this light. Either way, there was a pale blue gray to the room, like that time in the morning when you know you should not be awake, but you have to pee. So you peep your eyes to slits and let your mind guide you toward the toilet like a telepath, praying to God you get there without <laughs> stubbing your toe on the wall and also hoping you can keep yourself from pissing all over your feet. <laughs> Who when has I not been you, there? When I tell you. <laughs> Who has not been I felt in that, that situation? <laughs> I felt that in my soul. It's like, I don't want to open my eyes, but I got a piece of it. Yeah. Anyway, I love it. he quotes, that was the color of the room, but there was also a dark shape right near my feet. As groggy as I was, I assumed it was one of the guys in the band possibly looking for something or needing assistance. I was obviously in no mood to help with anything, so I closed my eyes again, if only for a split second. Yeah. That is when the covers were jerked violently off the bed and my already fairly chilly semi-nude form. They were yanked so viciously that my body, which had hooked an arm around the top of the blankets and sheets in my slumber, was pulled up slightly from my waist to my chest. I rose up about a half a foot and slammed back down. Well, needless to say, that fucking got my attention, and I shot awake with a start and a furious retort fully formed on my lips. Whoever was... being a bleeding dick stain was going to face the full wrath of a delirious and vengeful great big mouth. There was nobody there. No one. I. I so. Hmm. I've had a lot of experiences he went back to bed. in my life. And he says but he those got are his different cup. than anything yeah. that I've ever experienced. He says so. He went back to bed, and when he came to later and thought about the incident, he got his. Cup of coffee, got his shit together, and got the fuck out of Dodge. And he's not been back to the mansion since. I can't say that I blame him. Oh, yeah. So, and he says that when he does work in Los Angeles, he will drive up the path and go up to the mansion and then flip it the bird. I love it. That's such a tor- Corey Taylor thing to That's do. That's just such a <laughs> hassle thing. Love it. Flipping off a ghost. <laughs> It's, it's like, fantastic. Fuck you, you messing with me? Fuck you! I can just see him saying that too. Like I love it. Oh yeah. I love um, this. In the later chapters, he talks about where he went. And he organized his own ghost hunt to an old schoolhouse in Iowa. Okay. Um, his wife, so at the time, and then some mm-hmm. friends of his, and they went out. He got EVPs, and he also, you know, like to he he made something that's something that I totally agree with. Okay. That if you're going to a place that's supposedly haunted, he does not like to get the tour first and see where the hot spots are because it he doesn't away. he doesn't want to go into it expecting something to happen and then if nothing happens he gets let down or if something does happen it doesn't match Affected. up with the hype that he felt before. Right. Or he's not letting those experiences kind of get in his head and see things that's really not exactly. happening. And so he talked about that I they like that. heard banging, they heard whistling, they saw things move and cold spots and it, it's a whole thing. It's the whole chapter and I'm not going to sit here and no, read yeah. a whole chapter. No, absolutely not. But um, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but... You know, then he gets into what he thinks that, you know, ghosts are. And, Ashley, we have come to the point. Okay. That I am dedicating this particular spot to you and my husband. Because you are my two favorite gingers. And I just knocked my microphone over. (laughs) My bad. Anyway. Us gingers are awesome. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've brought up the topic before. Mm-hmm. Why don't we see modern day spirits? Like, if you, you think about you're going to these haunted places, you think about people dressed in old-fashioned clothes with old-fashioned hairstyles and old things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kids that are dressed the way that they would have been dressed in, like, the 1800s, early right. 1900s, not 1950s, like, 1940s. Not like Tate in the first American right. Horror Story. Not like seeing, not like a, getting woken up in the middle of the night by a ghost screaming, it's Britney, bitch. I that mean, would be me. Okay, that would be you. 
That you would be, be that me. ghost. I you will would do be that, that ghost. If I outlive you and you just hear randomly, it's Britney, bitch. Oh, that's You're going to be Ashley. like, oh, it's Ashley. <laughs> bitch, don't make me get the sage. Don't make me get don't the sage. sage don't me. make me get the Palo Santo, bitch. I'm don't, trying to sleep. Don't. <laughs> don't. Anyway, so, you know, that he got totally to talking about what he thought that ghosts were were really you know he says that he likes to think of it as something like intelligent energy existing in the system um which to him really to me doesn't really seem like a far-fetched idea because we we have energy yeah our soul everybody everybody has energy you know that's we're made of energy energy. is neither destroyed nor created Mm -hmm. so with that idea in mind what happens when we die you know if our soul is energy where does it go so again, and based on your religion, that's going to be what you believe happens. Yeah. And you know, and he says, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I said before, it's only an interesting concept. I've done no experiences to prove these things. It's all patchy guesswork on my end. I think my own brain loves to get me in trouble sometimes. Sort of a double agent sabotage attempt. The things that seem to make sense to me at the time tend to make other people openly stare at the sad man with a beard like a leprechaun. Maybe I can get away with it if I just plead ginger sometimes. <laughs> plead ginger? <laughs> I really enjoy the idea that redheads like me sort of are regarded as soulless weirdos. So I use this to my advantage a lot, especially in Britain. If I am feeling a bit apathetic that day, I tell people my ginger is acting up and they seem to buy that. I'm going to start doing that. Whenever I do something stupid, I'm going to be like, my ginger's acting Your up. Your ginger's acting up. And he goes on to say, but now that I think about that a little too much, I'm wondering, are there any redheaded ghosts? Well, according to Jeremy Clarkson, gingers have no soul. So how could a soulless ginger leave behind a spirit? This might require more research. It could be that gingers do not die. We just melt and reconstitute as a different ginger baby. Maybe we absorb the energy around us to feel the deep chasm where we should feel things like feelings. Ooh, what if redheads eat ghosts? What a wonderful idea. Could you imagine if you were dealing with a poltergeist and an exorcism did not work? Sending in a ginger that is really peckish, their mouth would elongate like the Come to Daddy video by Aphex Twin, and they would just suck any spirits into the heart of their redheadedness, powering its gingery ways for a few more days. This is what is going to happen. Just send in the ginger. Just send Send in the the ginger. Just send in the ginger. I'm gonna do that. Hey, we're gonna go to a creepy house to investigate something one day, and I'm just gonna be like, Ashley, you go in first. You're soulless. You're good. You can eat it. Oh my! Is that why we have freckles? Is this the ghost ghost that we eat? eat. It's the ghost that you eat that fuel your soulless existence. It's so that way you can feel something that day. Anyway, I thought that part was particularly funny. And I did screenshot and send it to my husband. I said, I'm dying. And I quote, and I quote, I'm dying. This entire section is being quoted verbatim in the podcast. I love it so So, much. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. If y'all start hearing me saying that on the podcast. My ginger's acting up. Yeah. It's, it's, anyway. It's, it's happening. That's my new saying. I'm not going to bore our listeners with the rest of the book. Please go out and read it. Uh, Please get it. I cannot wait it to read this. It is just fantastic. I truly, truly enjoyed seeing somebody else's perspective right, because on the paranormal. We all have different experiences. And I, and I know that I mentioned earlier, like, I've never experienced anything like that. Well, we all have different and theories of what... I, I like the fact that... And that kind of what interests me and you both in this is in hearing other people's experiences. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, because no nobody's two experiences people, are the same. Right. No two you people and have I, the same experiences. Because we could go and we could go somewhere that's supposedly haunted. You and I could both experience the same exact thing. Right. But you and I are both going to take away different things from that shared experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so to me, Seeing somebody else's different um, stories. Yeah, I love it. And hearing somebody else's different stories and seeing, and and for just a moment, being given some insight to what they believe is the cause of a ghost or the cause of a spirit. Mm -hmm. And seeing somebody else's different belief system founding how they believe and what they know. Right. To me... It was fascinating. 
and not just because reading it felt like I was sitting down having a discussion with you or having a discussion with Wayne or having a discussion with Denny. It truly Mm -hmm. was, it was enjoyable because I got to see a different perspective. Right. You know, and of course he also makes some of the same arguments that I've always made. Could this be your mind? Yes. Because even though we've experienced stuff like that, we're still almost a little skeptical on things because it's like, are you really putting this on just to make yourself seem like, oh, I've had this experience. I've had a paranormal experience and you're exaggerating it a little bit. Or trying to one up. Trying to one up. Or are you just, well, or did you experience it that way? But that's not the way that other people are perceiving it. And then, you know, that brings me to what having a skeptical kind of attitude. He thinks, you know, and he goes into this in one of the chapters in his books that he thinks that Ouija boards are shit. That he thinks they are utter total bullshit. To an extent, I kind of can see that. But then on the other extent, I've seen. Well, you and I both have. A Ouija board move with no. You and I both have seen that on it so if ouija boards are complete shit how do you explain that well his examples were that you know he does not believe in a ouija board because it's a piece of cardboard made by parker brothers okay cool Mm -hmm. i can get behind that and he said you know i got invited to a seance one time this girl was all into like oh spirit show us your wisdom and everything and he said you know i decided to fuck with her and start trying to spell something out, something stupid, like, oh, you're all going to die tonight or something stupid like that. And yeah. she caught on and he was no longer invited to any seances after now, that. The, the that's the thing, too, is I feel like it depends on who you're doing it with. Right. Because if you're doing it with people that are um, that are very skeptical and are not open to the possibility that it could be real and you have that mentality of this is bullshit then it's but not at the going same to time work. what if even if somebody that's that skeptical even if it does work they still may not come away believing believing exactly in it. you know they may say oh somebody else is moving it exactly. so even then even if it moves on on its own with nobody touching them they may still may be able to explain it away but he even goes on to say in that in another part of that same section was that at one time him and some buddies were playing with another Ouija board he spelled out to give him smokes all night and he got free smokes for a whole night and he was like hey that was cool but he thinks that Ouija boards are full of shit and which I can understand because to an extent I can understand that because to me a Ouija board is a tool just as anything else right it's all in how you use it it's all in how you use it yeah and who you use it with mm-hmm. and what your intentions and are going forward in it. The ones that we used were old wood and were actual they weren't wood. from ones that you could buy. It was one that was made. Yeah. So maybe that might have a little something to do with it too. But I feel like it's all in your intention. Maybe the one he said that the one where he was fucking with his friends was one that was just made with the empty pepsi bottle from a two liter and some pieces of paper and mm-hmm. like that so to him even a ouija board is shit which i can completely and totally understand and respect his i mean i'm gonna it. respect his point of view but you know i, I mean I can it's not see, for everybody i can see how it's really based on who you're doing it with yeah and but then again protecting ouija yourself a, before you do it because you never know if it is a situation well, where they will come through if you're not careful you may bring something into that yeah kids before you play with the occult that you don't uh, do want. some research <laughs> you don't that it, it, it may be a situation that you may bring something that you do not want yeah you're talking or something pretending to be something somebody else. that you care but anyway about, just to try always to go advice. into things with a grain of salt is what we're trying to say yeah i anyway. mean it's okay to be skeptical and it's okay to 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 kind of question things it's good to have that kind of mindset oh, yeah, because absolutely. that's going to help you be able to get a logical explanation you know what i mean because if you're skeptic but you're open-minded you have the ability to see okay this is this this is real and this is what i feel like is bullshit and then that gray area you're like okay maybe i need to do a little bit more research and maybe i need to be able to get a definite before i point out anything and before i say what my true feelings are on it know what the hell you're talking about right 
And so, like I said, but with this book, I I thoroughly enjoyed having a a pretty well known public figures yeah stance on it and yeah it was enjoyed i really truly enjoyed kind of seeing things from his perspective and getting his feel for it and i truly truly enjoyed it mm-hmm. and so when i finished the book i got to thinking you know well what have other i know there's celebrity ghost stories <clears throat> but I'm going to start looking into to see if there's any other of my favorite rock stars that may have had experiences or have been interviewed about them or talked about them. So that's something else I might go down the rabbit hole in, but and I did. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm going to talk about on a future podcast, okay. hopefully, um, more than likely. Okay. Because y'all know Amy's got a thing for UFOs now, I guess. But uh, Tom DeLong. He okay. quit from Blink One Eighty Two. He quit playing with Blink One Eighty Two to pursue UFOs, and you know that footage that the Navy confirmed was real back in May. Yeah. Well, um, the the same footage that sparked our discussion with Lewis. Yeah. Well, that is the same footage that was released by Tom DeLonge to the Stars Academy back in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. You know what? That is cool. Go. Go Tom. Tom. That's wild. And so, you know, this has actually kind of put me back down the UFO path. And mm-hmm. um, I've been doing some some research. I would love to learn more about that. We're going to. And to know what made him interested in those things. And Well, for some preliminary uh-huh. uh, research, um, he said that he himself had been into it in an early age. He's, um, I listened to... The podcast he was on with Joe Rogan, and he said, you know, hey, maybe you ought to look this up and listen to it. So I looked it up, and I started listening to it, and he even told Joe Rogan, you know, back in the day, we were on the bus with Blink-182 in the back of a van. We didn't have smartphones. Right. I read. Right. He's like, and I read books about UFOs, UFO research, unidentified flying objects, aliens. He's like, I read about it. That's cool. He's like, so it's always been an interest an of mine. An interest of his. That's so, awesome. But I'm getting... Ahead of myself because right, yeah, I'm, we're gonna do I'm more still research researching and I'm yeah. going to be talking about that at a later date because again, it drug me over to Bob Lazar and I've been down that rabbit hole lately. So yeah. not just reading Corey Taylor's book and ghost stories, but you know, there's so many different things to the paranormal that I'm excited to talk about that I've been had my hands in and listening to him and reading about. So I'm really, really excited about it. But this book if I could just say it's fantastic and I can't wait for you to tell me what you think about it after yeah, you read it. it's going to happen. And so <clears throat> we're doing kind of like a little book exchange yeah. here. Um, so my book's not going to fuck her up, but she's already told me that the one she's given me is going to fuck me up. So it I'm is. like, well, hey, okay. It is. Uh, hey, at least I'm preparing at you. At least you're preparing me. And maybe it won't fuck you up as bad as if I just said, here, read this. Probably will. Anyway. I'll consider it payback for keeping you in the dark about this. But I just thought it was um, it was neat to um, read a book that had to do with the paranormal and wasn't like just a collection of ghost stories. I mean, it was, but it was a pretty well-known person's perspective. And, you know, if it hadn't been for that Coast to Coast AM episode I listened to, mm-hmm. I'd have never known. It would have never crossed my mind that Corey Taylor was into the paranormal or yeah. that he'd had experiences with ghosts or I that he even did ghost hunts I or swear that i've either seen him on a tv show or youtube and he he actually went his somebody was investigating something and he was with them i think it might have been him. like a ghost adventures episode no that was vince neal but i swear it was I, in vegas i'm gonna have to look that up because i swear that i've seen look it up and send it to something. me if you find it um if any of our listeners happen to find it yeah let it let me know God, send, it, send us me. the link in fa- on facebook messenger i'd love to see it um but again i thoroughly enjoyed this book it was nice to see somebody else's perspective right. and how they viewed the paranormal and what their thoughts behind you know what causes a spirit what causes a ghost mm-hmm. it was so interesting just to have that other perspective and i think that's one of the biggest things that drives me um in researching these things and talking about these things is that i know what my perspective is Mm -hmm. i know what 
I've seen. Right. I know our experiences. I would love to see or hear about somebody else's experiences and how it's affected them, what it's made them feel, how it has changed their outlook, if it's changed them at all, or have has it solidified some belief system of yours, or ha- d- does it make you feel better about what might come after this life? I mean, right. I those things very much interest me because it's more so not just the paranormal experience itself, but the human experience of it. Yeah. I know. Did it scare you? Did you feel peaceful? I, I, those things, they like how a serial killer's mind ticks gets you. Yeah. It to me, it's how these experiences and brushes with the unknown affect us. Right. And our thought processes and what we know to be real or what we believe to be real and how it how it changes you. Mm-hmm. That is what really gets me. So when you hear me ask for stories, I, that that's part of what I want. I want to know yeah. because I want to know. I know, again, how it's affected me right. and my views. I want to know how it affects other people, not just the story itself. How how did that change you afterwards? Because when something like this happens to you, it changes you. Yeah, it doesn't. It can't help but You can't go back. Change, right. You know? Yeah, there's no going back when it comes to that. Absolutely not. So, yeah. So, that was my yeah, thing exciting. on Crazy Taylor. So, I thought that was I'm exciting. I'm going to have to figure that out. And on top of that, we made it even better is we find out that he is um, a big Hoovian because he owns a TARDIS. And he also wears Doctor Who pajamas and owns a Doctor Who jacket. And I'm like, I love this dude. Just for that. Um, <laughs> he is also using his uh, social media platform to try to locate missing children, too. That's awesome. He just put up one that actually came from Iowa, from around where he grew up. Well, yeah. And um, there was a child that just went missing, and I saw him put it on Twitter first. And then it was a couple of days later, I saw him put it on Instagram. And then a few days after that, I saw him put him on Facebook. And I was like, he is really trying to help locate this kid. I love it. Again, all, of these, are, all of these are reasons why I love Corey Taylor, not just because he has an amazing voice, but because he has been through some. Oh, I knew he had an amazing voice back since Wait and Bleed, man. I was right. 13. Right. But the fact that he is so open to all of these things. And he, like, I've read his um, his book, America 51. Yeah, I want to get that one and read that too. I'll have to lend I mean, it to it, you. I mean, it has nothing to do with the paranormal, but. It does not. But, you know, hearing his side of that the last election that we had yeah we're not gonna talk about but we're not gonna talk about it but just going through and reading that it's like uh, again like he is he does so much and he's been through so much shit it's like dude i just want to pick his brain i would love after reading this book i just love to have a conversation with i don't want to meet him i just want to have like if i could enter like a contest just so that way i could have a conversation with this dude right just like like a it didn't even have to be a long conversation. No, I would just like love to just have like, a conversation uh, with him about his views on the paranormal. Just yeah. again, like I said at the beginning, just I mean, he just seems like such an interesting person to talk with. Yeah, and I think that would be super duper awesome. Right. Maybe one day we can get big enough we can interview Corey Taylor. You think that happened? Nah. One <laughs> Monday can dream. One can dream. I just right. think it'd be awesome to pick his brain, especially after reading this book right. and hearing about. Because again, it just talks about the paranormal experiences he's had up till 2013. Mm-hmm. What has he experienced since then? I would love to know. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to find out. Yes. So, if you have stuck with us this far, yes, I appreciate it. Yes, thank um, you guys. Got some things in the works, so so exciting! So exciting I'm so things excited coming for up. Things coming up. So I really excited am. for things coming up and the for things coming out and some. We gotta the topics that we've discussed. We're gonna oh, talk yeah. about. I'm some, just looking. I'm looking forward. It's gonna to be it. good. Um. So with that being said, guys, uh, we are going to hang this up because it's kind of late now. Yes. And work calls in the morning. Yeah. So, um. Give us a like, follow on Facebook, which is Be Like Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at which is be, or you can send us an email at which is be like pod at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. Got a story you would like to share? You have, have you read this book? You got an opinion on it? I want to hear it. Yeah. Um, have a serial killer you want Ashley to look into? 
shoot us a line you can send us again an email or you can message us on facebook messenger directly from our facebook page absolutely so we are going to with that get up off of here and we hope you guys have a good night thank you for listening to us and we will see you on the next episode stay creepy always be weird guys This episode of Witches Be Like Podcast was written and recorded by Amy Throckmorton and Ashley Link. It was produced by the boys of Master POS Theater. If you want to get in touch with us, you got an idea, you have a theory, you just want to talk, you can hit us up on Facebook at Witches Be Like Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Witches Be or drop us a line on our email at witchesbelikepod at gmail.com. You can find our podcast Anywhere podcasts are sold, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and the like. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Stay spooky and always be weird.